Welcome to the Old Dog Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Joe, and that was Moonhead welcoming you to the podcast. (laughs) Moonhead is a rap group composed of two Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioners, Justin and Chris Wooler. And uh, this week, we actually have Chris on the podcast. Chris is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and a training partner of mine for several years. And uh, we sit down and we address mistakes to avoid. I know plenty of people come up to us very commonly and ask, how can I excel faster? What should I do to enhance my training so I can become the best I can, the quickest? And while that's a a fantastic question, a common question, and a good question for a podcast, uh, we kind of took the opposite approach and to how to excel by avoiding certain mistakes. So not necessarily adding things, but um, how to avoid some mistakes that are very common and we all make them and all been through them. So um, we hope you enjoy it. And we hope that as we're talking about these things, a light bulb goes off and says, yep, I do that. I'm going to try my best not to. And uh, please get back to us with any feedback you have on this episode. And that would be at olddogbjj at gmail.com. Send them your thoughts. Send us your thoughts, your feedback, any ideas or requests that you would have for future episodes. And uh, I do promise we will get these up on YouTube. That is a common request. It is happening. We're going to make it happen. It's around the corner. But until then, uh, welcome Chris, the half of the duo from Moonhead, onto the podcast. We hope you enjoy. And welcome to the old dog Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu podcast. It's uh, J- Dr. Joe, and I'm sitting with Chris Wohler, aka Psilocyba Moonhead. Shouts out! Yeah, the first, the first rapper on the podcast. What's up? <laughs> yeah, tell me what's going on with. Uh, let's start with that because I kind of want to know. I mean, I got an idea what's been going on with you and your brother, and you guys have put out all kinds of music. Yeah, and- I mean, uh, I should probably get close to the mic. Uh, I mean, when the the virus stuff started, we knew we wouldn't be able to train, and we knew that uh, um, I I also knew I wasn't going to be able to play hockey. So me and my brother, I mean, we know we suck, and we know when we don't have things to do, we're going to fuck off. So we were like, yo, really, my brother was like, we need to work on music again, because uh, we hadn't worked on music since we, basically, when we started training jujitsu, we stopped working on music. Okay. So... Yeah, we just, the, the fire's been reignited. I also went through a long phase where I, I thought, I just kept telling my brother I was retired. Because we made one album, you know? <laughs> I was like, I'm retired. I have writer's block. I thought I couldn't come up with anything, but it was just me being lazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it, That creativity, there's a huge commitment to that. There's yeah. more than what people think. Yeah, I mean, but dude, it's really, because I heard a, on a podcast someone say, uh, doctors don't get writer's block. You know, or uh, even servers. Servers don't get writer or serving blog. You know, they don't get. If you think of it as a profession or like a an activity or something you're doing, 
I hate to say it, but I think Joe Rogan said that. Probably. Yeah. I, I mean, probably. Um, G-O-D is what we call him. Well, I mean, it's just like we were talking. God, I can't. Oh, it was just this morning. It was just this morning we were watching the UFC. We were catching up on the UFCs. And um, I'll, I'll, like, I'll like pick certain clips and um, I'll call Jackson down. And I'm like, hey, man, we got to watch these clips right here. And we were talking about um, the work ethic of the average competitor, even high-level competitor, about how they, they train for a camp and then they take this time off and one week turns into two weeks and then two weeks turns into three weeks. And then they, they get a call from their, their head coach, hey, let's hit some mitts. And they, they wander into the gym, hey, what's up, champ? And they hit some mitts and they go home. And, and he was like, what, really? And I'm like, yeah, you know, whenever you're in this profession that's a creative profession, whether it's being an artist, whether the writers are the worst, a writer or whatever it is where you're making your own schedule, it's very easy to say, yeah, I just don't have it today because nobody's pushing you. Nobody's yeah. forcing you. Yeah. you. You don't have to. And that's essentially what you're, which, and, and I tell them fighters, they decide to become fighters for a number of different reasons. Sometimes because it's, you know, for me, when I was younger, I was done with school and that was really the only thing that I knew. So you kind of fall into it, right? You have a passion for it to some degree, right? But then there's other things. Like I did not want a nine to five. Yeah. I didn't want a boss telling me what to do. There was all, now you're in control. You're in charge. And it is so easy to take time off and come up with excuses like writer's block. Yeah. But if it's your profession, if it's your craft, I, I don't know. Find a way around that. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's you a bullshit excuse. Up, dude. You, the, well, the thing is, is I, and we this will go into our conversation, is people have unrealistic expectations that they're going to write something great every time. Oh, that's terrible. No, that's all. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah, but you just need to show up, dude. If you show up, yeah, you might write something great. You might not. M, you know who M. Night Shyamalan is? Yeah, I'm probably yeah, saying his yeah, name yeah, wrong, yeah. right? Am I saying? I, M. Night. Where, where that? Someone calls him <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan and Ding Dong or something. But yeah, yeah. That yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. So he did wacky movie, crazy movie. Yeah, his the village is the one I remember because I saw it in theaters when I was like a twelve or something, and right. I was so scared. Yeah, and <laughs> most of the kind of but his thing that made him famous was uh, the Sixth Sense. Yeah, and that might have been his first big like big thing that he did that was his. Um, you know, what he does. He's got enough money where he has his house, but he has a separate house on his property that he drives to every morning. And that's where he gets his work done. He does it like nine to five or yeah. whatever schedule he has. And then he drives back yeah. just like it's a real job for him. And he set them, set that, set that up for himself. And he's a prime example. Exactly what you're saying, man, a lot of his stuff is shit, but a couple, he knocks it out of the park. Yeah. We have a friend of mine that wants to do some business ideas. And I told him we have a really good one right now. And I just told him, I said, hey, listen, man, I, I just want you. I think this is a great idea. I think we have the right people to do it, but just realize this might fail and that's okay. And he's like, and I said, it takes about five or six different business ideas before you have one that really does what you're expecting to. And he said to me, he goes, don't worry, this is number six. And it just cracked me up. Yeah. I didn't know about the other one. Actually, I knew about one of them, um, but yeah, same idea. Yeah. You know, you just keep plugging away, you keep plugging away and you're right. I mean, look how many, like out of how many songs do you think you've written? Uh, I mean, this year, probably, I mean, like f completed probably 20 songs, but like in, on the back burner, right. about halfway yes. done, 
20 more, so probably 40 songs. And out of all of those, how many you feel knocks it out of the park? Oh, none, probably. But I do enjoy the, uh, the music we make. Right, so, right, yeah. right. And there's, you know, and you get burned out on your own shit. You're, you're like, this is fucking awesome. And then the next day you listen to it and you're like, this is garbage. Dude. But you guys are putting stuff out. You're always on social yeah, dude, media. We, just, we keep telling ourselves, like, we're white belts right now. Yeah. Even though we've done, and I would say Justin's more of like a purple belt and the, maybe even a brown belt, and like the music side, as far as like production and all that stuff. He's put in way more work than I have. But um, yeah, we just keep saying this, dude, two, three years when we're blue belts at this, purple belts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it also goes back to, have you ever, it's especially true now with Facebook. Do you ever get that ad? Facebook, but do you get that ad that continues to hit on your on your feed and you get the ad again and you get the ad again and you get the ad again and most times it's like i don't i don't want that but that's an old classic sales technique i I just hammer 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 and eventually you'll buy same idea you hammer it out you hammer it out you hammer it out and eventually there's going to be a fish that bites when it bites are you prepared for that bite um but yeah you're right it is kind of what's the preparation I don't, this just made me think of it, but there's that quote that there's no such thing as luck. It's when prep, or when uh, hard work meets opportunity Pre- or yep. preparation meets opportunity. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so that's what we're going yeah. for. Yeah, dude, yeah, 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 yeah. Five years, dude. We're not stopping. Yeah, it. you usually hear, hear the word luck <laughs> from people that haven't made it. Oh, that guy was just lucky. <laughs> yeah, that guy was just lucky. Dude. dude, no. He had an opportunity and he was ready for the opportunity. If you want to call that luck, great. But that's what it is. Yeah. And you didn't see all the times the guy was unlucky. Yeah. The times he was prepared and the opportunity wasn't there. Yeah. And that yeah, you're absolutely right. So anyways, you guys are cranking out music now. Yeah. You're out yeah. on social media. Tell tell me kind of where are you at right now with... I mean, you guys have a couple of albums out. Yeah, we have two albums. One from 2011 and then one from this year. Uh, we're, we actually are releasing a little EP tomorrow that has five songs on it that we worked on with our friends. It's called Super Hip Hop. And I hate, I, I shouldn't say I hate the title. I didn't come up with the title. But the idea of the album is kind of like uh, hip hop from when we were kids. Like, so we're making. Oh, is that why you had the little kid on the. Well, that's me and Justin. Oh, okay. That's yeah. cool. But yeah, it's just like how we looked at hip hop as uh, kids, I guess, is kind of the concept of the album. But yeah, and uh, our plan next year is to just, we're going to try and release at least one single and one video every month but really like because a lot of the times you make a song and you just move on we're yeah. really trying to make sure the songs are as good as we want them to be and then the videos because that's how you get noticed these days okay cool yeah so. um and do you want to reveal anything about the background story for a lot of your songs which i thought was kick-ass what? well one time we were talking about some like the background story yeah, about I mean, the space explore. I mean, I thought it was cool. I thought it was. Yeah, you were I mean, kind of explain. A yeah. friend of mine was asking, "What kind of rap do you make?" Yeah, and yeah, you kind of. Yeah. I, I thought that was. I thought like. I guess the theme of a lot of our raps are like space. Uh, I mean, the my rap character. I guess the idea was he's like a. I guess it seems dorky now because of the Mandalorian, but almost like he's a space bounty hunter or or. Uh, I don't know, vigilante. You yeah. Know? That's just kind is of that part of, one of your songs has an interview in the beginning talking about what level of education you know, oh, yeah, it's yeah, cool yeah, man yeah. I, I liked it I liked my it my brother just found that okay. on the internet yeah yeah. Uh, yeah that song's called Astronauty so that's, that, <laughs> I think that's the perfect 
title of uh, one of our songs. Well, man, I, dude, I'm so happy that you're able to come in and, and we can we can Me talk too. a little about a little bit. Am I the, the do I have the most appearances on? I think I'm at this is number four. Yeah, I would say so. You know, when Coach Anthony is not here, I, you're my. Well, person. I consider him a, a guest co-host. I'm just yeah, guest, so yeah. Until not, he yeah. creates his own podcast yeah, and leaves yeah. me in the dust. <laughs> but um, he's also the other I'm thing. Sure his podcast will have video, unlike yours. But <laughs> yes, okay. For the people that continue to complain about that, um, <laughs> which I, I haven't gotten that many emails about it yet, because I think people are just burned out. We will do video. I promise. It's gonna. It's happening. It's coming. Along with all of our instructionals that I keep promising, it will be out there. Yeah, you got to keep doing that stuff, especially the kid instructionals. Like yeah, the 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 parent, the thing that we did, the parent, like, how do you help your little champ during COVID? And I, I'm still like, I have parents that are now sending me videos. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Of their the, kids doing that? Of doing stuff. Oh. Like, hey, are we doing this right? Oh, okay. Hey, cool. look at this takedown that little Johnny's been working on. Yeah. And that's like, that's crazy. Yeah. That, you know, that was not even the intent of the podcast. It was really just, you know, our training partners who are low. Because I don't know. Well, your I mean, gym, let's be honest. You started the podcast so you can get a $100 million Spotify deal. <laughs> I think that's... Really why you started it. Yeah, if money motivated me, I guess. <laughs> I wish money did motivate me. Maybe I'd be a little <laughs> bit more consistent. But, you know, we, we've we known each other for a while. Um, you know, I know you do quite a bit of teaching at your home gym. I did. I actually taught for the first time in several months the other night, and it was nerve-wracking. I did fine, but, you know, it's just always... Yeah. It's a muscle, dude, just like everything. Teaching is a muscle. And when yeah. you don't use that muscle... There's a little atrophy, you know? Yeah. And I know we use the the term coach in, in, interchangeably with teaching. Um, and I think that comes with your, a lot of times you'll call the instructor a coach, but yeah. I, I think that coaching and teaching are two separate. And we're going to do a whole podcast on the difference between the two. Yeah. Because um, there's a huge difference between coaching somebody and teaching a class. You know, um, coaching somebody for competition when you're at the, that's a whole different skill set. Also, I'm maybe stepping on some toes here. Why do we call everyone that has a blue belt coach? I don't. Only if they t- only if they're coaching. Okay, okay. So we have a lot of blue belts at our gym. I don't call them all coach. It's like if they have been asked to do the ICP, if they've done some training on being a coach, then I do. That's my own personal thing. How do you know who's a coach at that? Point? See, I only know them in my gym though. Yeah. D- does that make sense? Do the, the red bar. Gracie Baja used to do the red bar, even like on blue belts. If you were a coach, oh, I didn't know that. Coach, oh, you, had, you were supposed to have a red bar to to signify you were a coach. Oh, okay. And I know certain gyms do something different, but yeah, yeah I and I don't. I just do it if if the people have taken the time to be because we have some pretty regular coaches oh, at yeah, our yeah. place. We have guys that teach pretty regularly uh, the kids' classes. Of, one of your co- kid coaches needs to shave his mustache. Levi looks ridiculous. <laughs> But you gotta understand, he's he's doing the EMS thing now. So yeah, yeah, he's he's a part of Levi is, man, he's a really cool dude. Oh yeah, yeah. He is I such a cool Levi. dude. Um, I'll tell you the first experience I had with him, and this is this is where you know you you're you're you don't know anything, right? But it gives you a good indication. Like I, I would I like this guy. Yeah. We were sitting around one time, and we were just talking about there was a big hurricane that went through Florida, 
And uh, which he, he lived there for a while, right? I don't know. I think he owned some property there, or he did at well, one he, point. Because when he left our gym, I think he moved down to Florida. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe. Well, he he was gone for a couple of weeks and I said, Hey, you know, what's been going on? Where have you been? He's like, Oh, you know, my, my, my nephew and I, we, 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 we just went down to Florida to help, help some people down there. And I'm like, Oh, was that a part of an organization? He's like, nah, we, we just, he and I just went, we got a couple chainsaws, man. I love chainsaws. (laughs) And he said he, he would go house to house where people's, where the, the trees have fallen over and crushed their house. I mean, this was a bad, this is a huge hurricane that came through at the time. I want to say this might've been three, four years ago. And he said, they just went down there and they just on their own, cut up these trees, help people out. And he did not get paid. He had to spend money to do this. And that's just a good individual. That's just a good human being. And I'm guessing I'm probably the only one he told what was, I mean, he didn't go around telling people about this. So he's just a really cool guy. And I think, and I could be wrong about this, his position at the rescue squad here in Thompson station. I didn't know he was a part of the, when did that happen? He's been doing that for a little bit now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, he's been taking the classes and everything. I I don't want to like say too much. I don't think he has to do it. Right financially i never asked him to look at his portfolio my suspicion is he doesn't have to do yeah, it yeah yeah crazy, <laughs> um, i don't know anything about his financial status uh, my guess is he doesn't have yeah, to do it yeah. and um he's just a good guy so he has that mustache and that mustache is classic for sure ems guys in uniform no i haven't uh, seen him in uniform i'm yet. sure it looks good in uniform <laughs> but in a jujitsu gi not so much and his game is come yeah, I haven't rolled with him. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All the hard work is definitely paying off. He's dangerous. He's yeah. very dangerous. Oh, I mean, he's always been pretty dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Well, because he, 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 you got to kill him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to kill him to stop. He you know? loves it, dude. He yeah. loves the fight. Yeah, well, he's... You I know, used to shy away from that, but I'm starting to enjoy it. When people love to just fight, I'm like, all right, well... Yeah, it's good, man. I love smile it. smile with you and we're Fucking love fight. it, yeah. yeah. Um, that's why I love rolling with him. And uh, for those that don't know um, that are part of he was also the first winner of Treasure Island, which yeah, was yeah. the predecessor to okay, Survivor. Okay, Treasure Island? I think it was. Yeah. He'll correct I me knew, if I'm wrong. Right. I yeah. knew that about him. It's so wild. And you should hear that. St- we'll have him on one time to have him tell the story about how he found out he won. It, it's it's really pretty cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, but uh, yeah, so anyways, man, thanks for coming. Um, what, you know, the subject I wanted to talk about was um, like the biggest mistakes that students make. And, um, and I, I think we're going to have this as a repeating thing. Cause this is certainly indirectly a very, um, a very common question that people ask indirectly. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of the emails or texts I'll get is like, how do I train more efficiently? How do I train better? And it takes me back to world war two to where they were getting a lot of planes shot down and they brought this expert. He's basically was a mathematician to look at the planes that were shot down and said, listen, these planes can only be armored. So heavy. We have to strategically put the armor where it's going to protect our airplanes because they're getting shot down. And he just like laughed at them. he's like, you assholes, you're, you're showing me the wrong stuff. I know the question you're asking me, but you're showing me the planes that got shot down. How the fuck am I supposed to show me the planes that haven't been shot down? And they're like, what? What do you, what do you mean? The planes that haven't been shot down? Yes, because the planes that haven't been shot down show us the unimportant areas because those planes have been shot, 
but they haven't crashed. So you're showing me planes that have crashed. I can't tell shit from Shinola from that. <laughs> Show me the planes that haven't been shot down. And the places where they haven't been shot, we can calculate mathematically from that. Those are areas we don't have to worry about. Uh, okay. You show me a plane that's been shot down. I don't know what, 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 what's going on here. Yeah. I don't know the, the, the fatal wound. But if you show me the ones that haven't been shot down, I can look at the spots they haven't been shot in and come to a good determination how to plate these planes better. And there was a dramatic decrease in planes being shot down when this, once this guy got involved. And I think indirectly, similar to the U.S. government, when people say, how do I train more efficiently? That's a, that's a great question. But I think a better question would be, what are the mistakes that I'm making? Where, 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 am, I, where am I falling short? Yeah. Um, and, and I've also said a great way to have a, an amazing career in medicine is to tell people how they're doing things wrong. <laughs> and pointing out things that are wrong sometimes are easier than telling people what to do. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, by picking the brains of those people that are really expert coaches or expert teachers and because um, remember that word coach interchangeably and I know I'm going to use it incorrectly today while we're talking. That's why I want to preface that yeah. um, uh, their, their, their years of experience can really help out students. Um, I don't know if we have years of experience, you and I, uh, I mean, I have years of experience coaching. Yeah. Um, and I think that coaching kind of transcends just jujitsu. I mean, they're common mistakes everybody makes, whether it's football, tennis, bowling, or whatever it may be. Um, but uh, yeah, I wanted to have a conversation about it and your input in regards to um, mistakes. So I'll put you on the spot. Oh, geez. Yeah, here it comes. It doesn't have to be your number one, but when that question comes to mind, you know, the biggest mistakes that students make, and let's just say beginning students, okay? We won't say like the competitors, the brown belt competitors, the black belt competitors, things like that. But we'll just say that the average person that comes in and walks into the jiu-jitsu academy, you know, if you could sit down and say, man, I know over the next two years, this is going to happen to you. Try to avoid it. What would be the one that would come to mind for you? Uh, probably just unrealistic, having unrealistic expectations. Um, and it's funny cause all of this stuff is ha because of jujitsu has made me, uh, more aware of them in my real life, not just in jujitsu. Oh, okay. You know? Cause yeah. I, you know, when I first started training jujitsu, there was no doubt in my mind I was going to be a world champion. And that is so stupid of me. Not saying it couldn't <laughs> be done. Right. Right. But you just, you don't think about like, Oh these guys who are world champions don't have jobs. Mm -hmm. They're training four to six hours a day. Some of these guys, I mean, the, the world champions are, you know, so you just, for me, it's just always been I, setting my expectation or I guess lowering my expectations of, right. of my, you know, um, what was I going to say? I don't remember what I was going to say. Well, would you, so when you're saying unrealistic expectations. So, so this happens all the time where we're doing shark tank Yeah, and I'll sweep the, a white belt every time. No yeah. problem. And they get mad. They get not at me. Right, they get right, frustrated. Right. And yeah. I can tell, I'm like, dude, you're not supposed to be able to pass my guard. <laughs> I am supposed <laughs> to sweep you. This right. is what is supposed to happen. And, um, so maybe not in long-term goals, but you're just saying in, in when, when you're coming to class, 
you know, if you get beat by an upper belt, don't get frustrated. That, that's yeah, what's but I supposed- think managing your expectations is short and long term. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Um, Realistic, obtainable goals. Yeah, and I'm I've always been a dreamer, so you know I don't think everyone starts jujitsu and just thinks they're going to be a world champion. But I did think that. That's right, why I right, had my right. arm broken in my first competition because <laughs> I thought like I'm unstoppable. You know. Yeah, yeah. But I for me that's probably the biggest thing, and okay. also like thinking that I was going to be able to get my black belt in five years. You know. Right. That's ridiculous. Right, 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 right. Yeah, you hear that a lot from people when they start looking at the timeline and you have to remind them these are minimums. Yeah. yeah. These are like for the the you know, not only the people that have the time but are gifted that also have the motivation or the real goal in their life is set up for that. Sometimes when you're a little bit later on in life, your life just really isn't set up. If you were to say, Okay, what are your overall goals? Well, I want to start my own company. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to be a world champion. It's like, mm, man, you're really, you, you're really, really, really not. It's almost disrespectful that you don't realize the commitment that it takes to yeah. get to that level. Um, but yeah, and I think I know Professor Reggie always talks about setting goals and making them realistic because once they're not, people drop. Yeah, people are gone. Um, and you have that one out of like 10,000 that when they don't achieve, they just get more angry and more motivated and they go. But most human beings aren't built like that. Yeah. They really have to be small, achievable goals. I mean, I think maybe that's even one of the things that makes the belt system um, prosper because they're small, attainable goals. You know what I mean? You have that final goal of being a black belt, yeah. um, which really shouldn't be a final goal. That's just another step. Yeah. Um, but those, you know, getting to the blue, getting to the purple, even getting to the stripe. I mean, my kids are so excited about a stripe. I mean, I, I just, but it's that short term goal, that short term realistic goal that keeps them going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the, in the training room, um, I know I, I get upset when I'm training with people like you or competitors, because I feel like I need to give you guys a better look. That's always been the thing that's made me upset. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Cause that was so important yeah. to me when I was fighting. Cause if you couldn't do what I needed you to do, you're a waste of my time. I, I, you know, I got to fight in three weeks. I, I can't spend time with you. So I kind of reciprocate that on the other end of me where I'm not giving you the look that I need to, like, I need to make you work harder. And when I hear people say like, hey, Dr. Joe, help me do X, Y, and Z. And back in my head, I'm like, I didn't help you with shit. <laughs> you know, it's just like, because you don't realize how hard the roles actually are and yeah. what you're actually showing them. You just expect more out of yourself. You do, yeah. but that really crushes you. And then you leave. And for a lot of people, that's enough to get them to quit. So um, any other examples of what you see with unrealistic goals or expectations with people coming into the academy that ends up being uh, having a bad result? Well, I mean, I think one of the subjects that you have written down that uh, would go along with it is uh, wanting to learn everything at once. Uh, it's like, yeah, you think, you think that in a year you're going to know jujitsu. That's crazy talk, dude. Yeah, that is... In a year, you should just know how to escape out of a bunch of positions, you know? Well, I think that's why people, like, YouTube is one of those things which is awesome. And I think has, and we won't just say YouTube, just the, the free exchange of knowledge, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and that's in so many things. I mean, come on, you want, you, you want to put it together, you want to hook up your washer and dryer, you just go on YouTube, it'll show you. 
you know, I, we were changing I one of our so much because of YouTube. Uh, yeah, we we changed a faucet. Yeah. I went on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. My kids asked me about something. I said, "What did what did YouTube tell you?" <laughs> so it's a, it's an amazing tool, but at the same time, when you're talking about these expectations, it's almost. Um, I used to say fire. You know, fire is awesome. It can cook your food. It can keep you warm, but it can also burn the shit out of you, right? And YouTube, people can go down the YouTube rabbit hole. Oh yeah. And they start concentrating on the wrong thing. They're all they're thinking about is you know tricky submissions or what I call male hail mary techniques. Yeah, you know, which is a lot, especially on Instagram. Obviously, you see these crazy barambolos, and you're like, get the hell out of here, dude. Yeah, but you try and do that flippy shit on me, dude. I'm taking your back. There ain't no way. <laughs> yeah, they're trying techniques that. Um, that look flashy, or that, but they're not getting any guidance on them. Yeah. They're not having somebody say, "Hey, man, that's not the way you should be spending yeah, your you time." If you haven't seen the technique in competition, don't don't focus on it. So, if you had somebody coming to you asking you, um, "If I got to watch something, should I watch competition or should I watch technique?" Uh, that's tough. I guess it depends on what your focus is on. What my brother told me to do, and I think it was good. And I do, don't watch a ton of. Jiu-jitsu. I went through a phase where I watched a little bit, but he just told me, and he's told a bunch of people, find a high-level black belt who is a similar body type yep. and watch their competitions. Yep. See what guards they play, see what top game they play, and then you know work from there. Oh, I have a similar body type to whoever, Keenan. I'm going to play lapel guard. You know That's what he does, so then... Find someone you can look up to. I think is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. That's. I think if you're. I think that's a phenomenal advice. Yeah. It, it's hard, maybe for a white belt necessarily. That's just trying to learn the ABCs yeah. right now. Yeah. Um. I usually say, and this goes. This goes back into another. We can tie this into another thing that I think is 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 huge. Is that, um. I think a lot of people, and this is one of those things to avoid. Don't think that. It depending on what your goals are. But most people's goals are to improve their jujitsu. It's not just coming to class. It's not just camaraderie. It's not just getting into shape. They, they want their jujitsu to improve. Don't expect that you're going to improve dramatically by just coming to class. So, but, well, imagine this. You go to your first chemistry class. And you go to class and you learn whatever formulas you need to learn. First day. You know, you're kind of learning um, electron exchange, maybe, or whatever, or balancing an equation. Do you really think you're going to pass the test from just going to class? No way. You need to go home. You need to find samples. The teacher may not, especially in college, they're not going to give you examples to practice on. Yeah. You have to go on the internet. Now, are you going to go look at stuff like um, uh, high-level organic chemistry problems? No. So that's the equivalent of somebody going on YouTube and looking at Baron Bull. Hey, just take whatever was given to you in class and say, oh, okay, scissor sweep. Awesome. Uh, kind of remember the way professor showed it to me in class. Got it. Find a training partner. Work with it outside of class. But then watch it. Look it up. See the different grips. See the different setups. Yeah. But work on that. Because just because you went to class, don't expect that that class is going to make you improve ex you know exceedingly you know that you really need to put the time into the t i can't tell you how many people like if i if they came to class all week and you know how like the fundamentals system is mm -hmm. right 
At the end of the fundamental system for one week, they should learn two self-defense techniques and four, te four, four basic techniques. Um, that's not a lot. But you following week, hey guys, what did we work on last week? Yeah. You just get a bunch of blank stares. Yeah. And is that the fault of the instructor? I'm so glad you're bringing this up. I, yeah. I've, because I've dealt with people <clears throat> leaving a, a, my gym. Um, yeah. Because they weren't happy with their jujitsu, you have to take ownership of your your professor is not in charge of your jujitsu. No, your professor is there to guide you, mm -hmm. to push you, to hold you accountable. He is not there. For, I'm trying to think how to word it. He, he, it's not his responsibility for you to get good at jujitsu. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't think I think pe people rely on their instructors too much yeah and i think that that is this i think that there are a lot of teachers out there that feel that that's their job and i think it becomes overwhelming and then they start teaching too much yeah i think I you, like you hit it right on the head yeah you do those techniques it's the student's response it's just like being in class yeah hey i'm going to show you how to balance a formula now whether or not you learn to do that and practice that at home that completely goes on you now yeah and People think that that's, that concept is too simple to be true. No, it's that simple. Okay, you learned a triangle this week. Did you really look it up when you went home? Did you study it like it was your job? Did you study it like you're an academic? Do you really understand it now? Now, granted, when you're in the beginning phases, you'll learn 12 teaching points on a triangle. You may pick up on one or two. And you'll watch that same video or group of videos that you watched a year later, and you're going to pick up on more. You're going to pick up what you're ready for, but you need to search it and study it. And really at the end of that week, you should be able to rattle off and teach to somebody what you learned. And if you didn't, you didn't put the time in. Or at least a few de a detail or two. Yeah. I mean, I'm there to pick up everything I can from the pe person teaching the class. I'm there to um, roll with different training partners. But everything else outside of that, the muscle memory, listen, you can't spend a class just working on muscle memory. I mean, that would be the whole class. You got to say, great, good technique. Got to work on that for the rest of the week. Um, at least that's, I think, a big mistake that people have the mindset. And I'm going to go to class twice this week. And I'm going to, no, man, if you're only going twice, you've got to put some time into it outside of class. If you want to excel, there's no shortcuts. Um, if you don't want to excel, that's okay too. There's nothing wrong with just coming to class, yeah. doing that. But you, it has to coincide with what your goals are. And if you're asking me the question, how do I excel faster? Well, don't depend on just coming to class yeah. to excel faster. That's not going to happen. So yeah, I think that's true with anything. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, I mean, if somebody showed you something music-wise... And it went and went and you're not going to get it down. There are those rare individuals that they're phenoms that can do that. Yeah, yeah. And I think as you go up in belt level, as things become more um, just natural to you, yeah, you could probably go to a seminar and pick out the things and that's in your toolbox. But man, that's tough. I mean, every time that I go to a seminar, um, I make sure that Jackson and I, he'll pick, he'll pick out three things he liked and I'll pick out three things I liked. We'll whittle it down to two things. And we work on those two things. Yeah. And they may be like the last seminar we went to. It's basically a, a bread slicer by using our head to neutralize the opposite arm. 
that's one little tiny point. We was worked, we worked, that was in Georgia. Yeah. And that wasn't even the seminar. The, honestly, what happened, we were, we, we did the seminar in Georgia and then professor Reggie came over and he said, Hey guys, we were just working on it. Let me show you something. So it wasn't even the seminar itself. Yeah. It was the, it was the, um, it was the brainstorming during it that I was like, that's fucking golden. Have used it since that point, since that point out, I've been just that, that just the one head position. So you have to work on them. But if I, we didn't work on that afterwards, it might've gone in one ear and out the other yeah. and never be, became a part of my game. You know, those little, small, tiny improvements, um, which we'll get into another time. We, I call it Kaizen, but we'll, that's a whole nother subject. So, um, yeah, good point. Okay. So next up, um, leaving your ego at the door, <laughs> the hardest one. It's pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that so fucking hard? I don't know. I don't I wish there was an answer. Uh, everyone wants to win, dude. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think like you know, uh, when 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 you want to win, and I and I, I frequently say this in class because you want to have an ego, right? You have well, you an ego brought you through the door, yeah, exactly. You know, you want to learn to defend yourself. Most people, right? You want to get in good shape, and you want to be a champion. In some level, mo- we have some degree of that. Yeah. But like I always say, training is for learning. Competing is for winning. So I'll frequently say, okay, guys, this, you're going to go two times. You're going to do two five minute rounds with the same partner. This, the first, the first round is training. Second round compete. And it's a different mindset, but there's a common story. And I say it all the time and I got it confirmed. I have this story confirmed. I finally have it confirmed. (laughs) There is a, there was a meme that was going up a long time ago. This is two, three, maybe even longer than that years ago. And it's Gary Tone. It's a black and white picture. He's sitting cross-legged. And it says, in a five-minute session, I end up tapping about five times. And that's coming from Gary Tonin. And I didn't know if it was true or not. It's no idea if it was true or not. And uh, But I would always quote it. I'm saying, you guys, put yourselves in vulnerable positions. Experiment. If you tap, good. You know That means that you're working with your partner. And finally, from uh, I, Sean Williams has opened up a school here. So that's a really funny story about how we even met. But he was talking one time and he said, hey, when you go to Henzo's, you'll hear one person. Tap, tap. And this is how he described Sorry. it. Tap, tap. And like he yells, apparently he yells it in the, in the training session where everyone can hear tap, tap. And why he does that, I have no idea. But he said, do you know who that is? And I said, that's got to be Gary Tone. He said, yeah, it is. So that confirms that, 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 that is really in, and, and look at the guy creative. He's just amazing to watch because he puts himself in vulnerable positions. Yeah. I, I was actually thinking about this today. Maybe it's just because of the conversation when I was taking a shower. Um, You're thinking about me in the shower. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Not about you. <laughs> um, but about, you know, you always hear instructors say like, let people pass, let whatever, let, and you should, but I think that when, cause I've seen people do it, you think that you're supposed to just let someone pass. No, you should let someone dissect your guard, then pass. Oh, that's how many times have you seen someone just flop their legs over? Even I've seen black belts do it with white belts and I'm probably guilty of it too, but it's like, no, let them pass your guard. Right. Uh, yeah, so when you're letting people, don't just give up. 
You right, know, let right, them right. pick apart the position and you'll see like, oh, if I let go of this grip, they're going to take my back or, what, you know, whatever the case might be. Right. But yeah, I, I don't know why I just thought about that. But no, I think that's that's a really, really good distinction. Don't just let me. someone choke you. Mm-hmm. you know? I will if there's somebody oh, that I was going to because I, the reason why one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this up is a 13 year old girl took my back. At, when we were doing Shark Tank, not because I <laughs> let her take my back, right? But because I let her explore the position, right? And, and she took my back, and it was legit, and I laughed so hard. I was yeah. like, I cannot believe she took my back. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, no, but it, I mean, ego gets in the way of that. Yeah, but it's taken me so long to get to this point. Yeah, and I, I think it's you know I, I had a conversation with a few guys the other day about I know what's going through your head. What's going through your head is if I don't play my A game, this guy is going to, especially with the heavyweights, right? Yeah. This guy's going to get to side control. He's going to smash me. It's going to be miserable. And and it, it, they get in a good position. They're going to get you to tap. And I just told him, like, if that person goes home to their wife or whoever it is and says, yo, I made, I made Jimbo tap today. Like, I'm such a... Listen, first of all, that guy... Probably is not going to be training two years from now. Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm guilty of that for sure. Oh, you are? 100%. I've never done. I, I, the only time I've ever said I had a good day, but I think they kind of went easy on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. So so well, you're guilty of that. A, yeah, but I think it's okay to be proud of, of moments. Yeah, that's a little different. you got to Prou- find the balance. Proud, be, uh, proud and boasting is a little different. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, I struggle with boasting. Well, I think most of the boasters don't last. Yeah. They, they, and what do you care? There are so many people with attitude, and you know, you have this thing where, like, um, yeah, I can never let that guy pass because he's kind of cocky or whatever, or I'm afraid of what he'll say, or you know, that guy's probably not going to be there three, four years from now. Yeah. He'll be a, th- you won't even remember that person, you know. But your good training partners, they work with you, you know. Um, I, that's just my take on it yeah. and and uh, whether it's sure or not i have no idea but anything i can do i'd say there's there's three things i wish i can get people to do have an awesome guard escape positions and leave their ego because when you have those three things you're no longer worried about always playing your a game yeah. and it allows you to open up your jujitsu to do different things different grips different chain and that's really what it's about it's about growth you know, having that playful jujitsu. So you start to explore other things um, and you really grow. That's just my take on it. Well, I mean, I think it's right. Unintentionally, I did that with my guard, you know, I mean, the whole reason why I played guard is because I was fat because I was bigger than everybody. Uh, And I did not want people to say, Oh, Chris smashed me because he's fat. That's why I played guard. (laughs) So thankfully, I'm, I'm, you know, I focus on guard right away, and I think that helped me just being comfortable. I'm okay, you know, if I have to turtle or whatever, I'm cool with it. Right, I've right, just right. Been on my back for so long. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely it gives you it takes away the fear of being crushed. It takes away that fear, but if you totally get the ego out of it too. Oh man, it's absolutely amazing. One little tip I've told people when they're getting crushed, it's helped me a lot. It's just smile, dude. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but if someone's smashing you, yeah. just grin as much as you can and you're, you'll you'll escape 100% of the time. Yeah, I'll sh- I got to show you some video of Jackson. What, smiling while he's getting smashed? When 
I have a couple of videos which are hilarious of people just about ready to pass. And you can see that he just has this big smile on his face. And then it turns out good, yeah. you know, and I think From that's competition. Some, yes. Yeah. yeah. No, he doesn't smile in class. Yeah. There's a funny, I don't know why this made me think of it, but Felix, he used to yeah. compete a lot and he was good, dude. And when he was a blue, blue belt, purple belt, uh, there was a video and I, or a picture, an IBJJF picture that actually Reggie got an email about cause they were upset he had a, he did a flying triangle on someone and he was in the air triangling someone and he was looking at my brother going like this. <laughs> Dude, what is that called? The, uh, the hang shock. loose, little hang loose. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're doing the hang loose thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, not the saying. shocker. The shocker. Not the different. shocker, but I thought there was another name for the hang loose. Either way, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why that made me think. Of it. I was mine was always just a thumbs up, but my pinky has been broken so many times I can't bring yeah. it in, <laughs> so it looks like hang loose. So it just kind of, kind of uh, developed into that. So yeah, definitely, you know, leaving the ego at the door and not having that a part of your training session, and I also think you leave happier. Yeah, you know. That doesn't mean go not go hard like you're saying. That doesn't mean don't use your technique. You got to find the balance. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And I think that leads right into what we were oh, talking. I was going to say about the ego thing, and I do not recommend this for everybody because I've seen, unfortunately, some people cannot handle it. But I think personally, for me, rolling with women has helped a lot. Mina was a good training partner yeah. of mine for a long time. Uh, Coach Natalie. Um, I mean, we've had a, quite a few girls and. If you can manage your ego while rolling with a girl, the roles to me are always better than with, with guys because Much there's better. no, I mean, girls can have, I don't know what it is, dude. It's just, I, I like, I think rolling with women helps. A yeah. Lot. And I wish more people did it. But unfortunately it, some guys can't do it because they can't manage their ego. Yeah. And that's good. Just keep them apart because the, the women don't need that, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, I, I think that. But if you if you can't control yourself while rolling with a, a woman, then you probably shouldn't be training jujitsu. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean you you have to get to that point where you're not using your strength and having that because strength is a limiting it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a limited commodity because if you're depending on that, there's always somebody stronger. Yeah. There's going to be always be somebody stronger. That's not the essence of jujitsu. It's supposed to be the technique, and if you have strength on top of it, awesome. Yeah. And then competition, things change a little bit. Oh, 100%. But when, when you're in the training room and you're getting roll after roll after roll, because it always bugs the shit out of me when everybody pairs up and you see the girls there with no one. And it's just like, no, they got to pair up with them first. I love, roll with them I first. love, I, I'll yeah. always pick girls to roll with. Yeah. It's just more technical. It's the flow is better. I don't know if it's just because the ego is lower or what. Yeah. But. Absolutely. And so you kind of touched on something else. I think that's one of those big mistakes. Um, and, and that's really, and this is tough. I don't think this might even be tougher than ego, but it might roll right into ego. And that's comparing yourself to others. Yeah. You know, um, do you have any experience with that? Oh, I mean, that's just a constant state of my <laughs> life. I think, unfortunately, I think a lot of it has to do with me being a twin too. You know, I've always oh. had an exact replica Almost to compare myself to. So it's like, I've never thought about, we're almost, we have the same attributes physically. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when my brother kicks my ass all the time, even when he doesn't train, shouts out to Justin, black belt, Justin for not training. Uh, it's front, it sucks, you know, but I think over time it has, I've been able to manage it better. Yeah. But the twin thing is that I think has made me struggle with comparison a lot. 
Yeah, I bet but it, it has. also it's like you got to find the balance though, like because it's okay. I don't know. There's times where you're like, oh, he's doing. It motivates you to, to do better when you go. Oh, I suck compared to that guy. Right. So I don't know. Uh, there, you, you got to find the balance. But the quote that I, I wanted to bring up with this subject was comparison is the thief of joy. And I heard it, I don't know, a week ago, my brother told it to me and it's made me think a lot about like, why am I always comparing myself to other people? Yeah. Cause you, you luckily in jujitsu, it's gotten better where I don't right. because I've managed my expectations and I know I'm not going to be a, a black belt world champion, you know, because I'll never get my black belt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there's always masters, man. <laughs> no, I'm you're a masters now. One day I just, yeah. Competition. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard when you're in a sport where there's competition. So how are you not to compare yourself with somebody? But when we're talking about that, the day in and day out training, you need to compare yourself to yourself. Yeah. And that's so hard to do when people are improving around you and it's a constant and I mean constant and I mean fucking constant conversation with my kids. Yeah. Um, because it's, it doesn't matter if it's school um, or jujitsu, it's always this, well, it's easy for so-and-so or it's it, it, like, I didn't, the expectations are fucking ridiculous. Yeah. You know, like I went with professor red, uh, professor Eddie and, and I just, I couldn't do anything. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. You're not supposed to. Yeah. You're not supposed yeah. to. Um, so don't cry about it because you, you, are a, your expectations are huge. Your ego is huge. And you're comparing yourself to somebody you really shouldn't be comparing yourself to. Yeah. Just compare yourself to where you are today relative to where you were last year. How's the improvement been? And I don't think if you're training consistently, the improvement may not be where you want it. Because I think that's where people ask that question, how do I excel faster? But it's there. The improvement is there. You've yeah. gotten better. It's I, I, I would dare say it's nearly impossible not to get better. If you have good instruction around you and you're attending class, doesn't mean that you're excelling as fast as you should have been, but you're definitely better than you were last year. It's just, even if you're getting older, even if you're getting, you know, injuries, there's going to be some improvement there. Um, but you are not going to find, like you said, I, I would say I, what I, what I tell my kids is that comparison, if, if you're going to continue to do that in your life, you're destined for a life of misery. Because you cannot do that. You can't compare yourself to your neighbor. Oh, they just bought a new car. Oh, they have a bigger house. You can't do that. That is just, that's taking your energies in definitely the wrong direction. Hey, you're a 50-some-year-old guy. You've been doing jiu-jitsu for three years. You're, you're definitely better than you were at two years. You're definitely better than where you were at one year. Concentrate on yourself. Um, yeah, do you want to beat certain people when you go to competition? Sure, but that's a whole different yeah. ball of wax. You know, that's a whole different issue that we're talking about we're talking about training day in and day out and how do you continually come into the gym and still have that fire to train work on yourself you know you're talking about music are you really going to compare yourself to the guys that are the yeah. top people in no. the music industry right now no because i'm way better dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a whole nother thing like dude and that i don't want to talk about rap but the ego in rap is fucking outrageous oh i'm dude. sure yeah so. yeah yeah. Um, yeah, one thing that Reggie used to say, Professor Reggie used to say, uh, which I never didn't make sense until recently, um, 
he would tell my brother, like, you need to do something outside of jujitsu. Oh, uh, you had, why did you, you brought that up? So I text him and I said, listen, if I, we're going to do this podcast, I need, you know, hey, can you give me something that you feel? Because I wanted to get somebody with, you know, years of experience to weigh in on this yeah. and uh, go ahead, finish. Well, I was I mean, saving that I don't one know for how last. Elaborate, I'm yeah. gonna get because this is, you know, this is a memory from years ago. But he just told my brother that he needed to focus on something creative outside of jujitsu, whether it be painting or photography. You know, obviously Professor Reggie does photography, and he works on his motorcycles. And um, if, especially for me, because I think I have a mild form of you know OCD where I obsess on stuff. Yes, in my yes. head. And man, you cannot obsess on jujitsu constantly. Yeah. You will lose the joy. And you hear that from the top. Yeah. The top competitors will say that. Yeah, yeah, here it is. I record, this is my text. Recording, quote, biggest mistakes to avoid, end quote, today. Any message you would want me to pass on to the team? And his response was, don't focus only on BJJ. Pick up a hobby to stimulate your creativity. Painting, drawing, playing an instrument, photography, bonsai, etc. Yeah. And as soon as I read that, I thought about the formal training for samurais. Because samurais had to and, and I, I talk about this when when people ask about training, I always say like the smart system, which is Is this from the Book of Five Rings? Um no. Oh, okay. He does never mind that's like the I, he, thing he I know may about yeah musashi wrote that <laughs> yeah, yeah. um he may touch on this in the book of five rings i think he does actually i've only read half of it because i'm a loser but yeah it's a difficult read unless you have somebody helping you out tough. with what they're exactly saying yeah um there are versions out there that have the book and then like a little translation for anybody that's interested in the book of five rings find it on jocko's podcast where they review it and read it along with them. There's the one quote that is my favorite from there, and I can't even remember it. But it's about just, you know, once you master one thing, you see it in all things. Yes, very yeah. true. And so with jujitsu, oh, sorry, go ahead. You were. No, it, it's just, it, it's a samurai formal training. Uh-huh. And so, you know, they had to learn all kinds of different things, and most of them being those of, of martial arts, like, you know, hand to hand combat, combat with a sword, combat with a bow, you know, st- strategy. Um, but another pivotal point of their training was some type of art form, whether that was Hanami, which is flower arrangement, whether that was calligraphy or whether that was playing an instrument. It was, and it goes like, I have this like smart training, what I call smart system, which is when you train, you got to do something S that's specific. Uh, the, the M is for something mental. Um, the A is ancillary training, which is like weightlifting or running or whatever it may be. Um, and then the R is for rehab, you know, stretching, yoga, sauna, and the T is time off. But the, the part of the mental, when I go through this with my kids, I say playing video games is a part of that, Yeah. you know, you, or playing your violin or Eli plays the piano. And it's just, those are things that you need to have that indirectly help your own growth within the martial art and allows you to come back to it with fresh eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that creativity is huge. I think, I mean, this is, it, so it, it does, I guess it doesn't have to be just creativity. I think it can be okay to find another hobby that's physical. Too. Yeah. Cause you, you got into to hockey. Dude, if, and I would have never done it if I would have never trained jujitsu because I wouldn't have. I, I 
jujitsu made me see the potential like, oh, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to suck for a long time. Yeah. But now I'm three and a half years. I still kind of suck, but I'm a lot better than I was, you know? Right, right, right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, find other things to focus on. I yeah. It's super important. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because it's kind of a chicken and the egg. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu does do that for so many people. And it's one of my, it's one of my strongest selling points to parents in regards to why jujitsu, because jujitsu will be the first tangible thing that your child does that they see effort and gets results. And I can take any other sport and it is not as clear as it is with jujitsu because those are seasonal sports. They're seasonal sports. You go shoot the basketball for a little bit. Your team shoots the basketball. You already know who the top players are on the team. Most likely when you come back for the next season, those top players are still the top players. Yeah, because they're playing year round. Those, those, <laughs> those kids. I mean, yeah, real, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those kids are probably in clubs where they're traveling. And know, the kids that do season. pick it up or get a coach or do privates, they do get to excel and yeah. they get to see that. But there's something about it in jujitsu where it really translates into, hey, you don't know that math problem. You're not very good at math. Let's just let's just say what it is. You suck at math. But if we work on this, we can get good at math. Yeah. And you know that it's true. This isn't a theory. This is reality. If we put the time in and you know the reality because you've done it and you've seen the results. Um, and that is the most valuable thing you can give to a child. And believe it or not, it's the most valuable thing you can give to an adult. 100%. Because so many people don't. I mean, if it, I will. Other than academics, which I failed at, <laughs> uh, what do people, you know, a lot of people don't have anything that they're trying to get better at outside of academics. And what, and, and when you become an adult, why should you, you don't have a coach any longer. Yeah. Like you don't have, so when you're in the house, you have mom and dad telling you, you have to do, or you might just have mom or you might just have dad, or maybe you don't have either one but you have your teachers at school. You have some people that are telling you, you have this due at this point. You yeah. need to read this to do this. You need to do this to do that. And then once you are on your own, how many people go, woo, yeah, I'm yeah, free, yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah. I do whatever I want. Go drinking Friday, Saturday night, Wednesday nights. Um, I, you know, Go to work. Here we go. And they got nothing. And then when you say something like, hey, man, you want to go rock climbing? Uh, nah. Yeah. Why? I've never done it. Well, let's go and learn. <laughs> nah, it's all right. <laughs> but you do have people, and maybe it's those people that just get into jiu-jitsu right away, but I don't think so. But they do learn to get a, learn to have a fuck it attitude. Cool. I'm going to suck at it, but I'll get a little better. Yeah. And again, I don't know. Is it those people that get involved in jiu-jitsu or does jiu-jitsu give those to adults? I would like to think the latter, but it's probably a little mix of both of them. Um, yeah, it, it's invaluable. Um, but it's essentially, you know, you, uh, yeah, I, I just, I'm a big believer in that. I don't yeah. know. I, uh, one thing that I just thought of too is I've, so obviously the black belt for me is around the corner eventually. Yeah. And I obsess on things and I constantly am thinking like, oh shit, I'm gonna have to give a speech. So I've constantly thought about like what I would want to talk about. Right. Um, and one of the things that I would want to talk about, and I'm just going to talk about it now because I probably will be crying when I get my black belt. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Which I'm means a lot to me that you were there that night. Oh, you have so no, you have there. no clue how much that meant to me, man. Yeah, I was so, so happy I, to be there, and your speech was perfect. 
It was totally off the cuff. I don't because I wasn't expecting it at all. Um, so before I forget, because I literally almost forgot what I was going to say. Your uh, speech. Oh, I know that, but I forgot what I was going to actually say. Uh, to me, and it took me a long time to realize this, but jujitsu is like the least important part of jujitsu to me. M- meaning, the sweeps and the whatever submissions, all that shit. Yeah, it's important, and I love it. That's why I want to learn it, and I do it. Right. But at the end of the day, if you took away what we know as jujitsu and said, okay, now we're going to be playing, but we're going to be at the gym, but we're not doing jujitsu. We're going to be doing something else. We're going to play dodgeball. I would still be at that gym every day. And once I realized, like, oh, it doesn't matter if a purple belt submits me, you know, because I'm here right now. Right, uh, man, it just it it took away a weight off my shoulders, you know. When I'm like, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, jujitsu is like just the spark to what jujitsu uh, actually like the techniques. But are did, just, did did you? But you had. What if somebody told you that your first year? Would you understand that? No, Could you no, even no, understand no, that? No, no, no. No, probably not. Is that because your 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 why why you do it changed? Yeah, well, for sure. Yeah. Okay, because I I think that that's another big mistake. Is I think people walk in they don't have a why. Yeah. They, they either have I don't expectations really know or what cr- my why was to fucking choke people out. I think. Yeah, probably. I watched UFC, yeah. you know, that's why I you know did it eventually. Yeah. Like I knew how to do a triangle before I did my first class. Right. Well, I knew what a triangle was. You knew what it was, yeah. yeah. And you knew a remedial way of throwing somebody into it. I understand what you're saying. My brother, he had been training for like three months, and we were drinking one night. We wrestled in the kitchen, and I got him in a triangle. (laughs) And he was so mad, dude. So what you said was jiu-jitsu is the least important part of jiu-jitsu. For me... And do you get what I'm saying, though? Uh, Man, I think it's prolific. It's... it's, (laughs) No, 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 no. It's, it's, It's... I'm writing it down. Yeah. <laughs> I have my little notebook. You guys don't know this, but I, so my, my, um, I need to, um, I should have brought a notebook, dude. I'm so bad. I just, rem- I forget things. So I'm like a goldfish. In, uh, in the world of creativity, my, my, my creativity is writing. Um, and I suck at it, but that's my creative outlet. Um, and the academics of jujitsu or the academics of medicine or the academics of life, of philosophy, of uh, emotions, of decision-making, all of that is is my outlet. Do you prefer so, to actually physically write or type? Physically write. Yeah. And I've tried to go through the typing thing for a while until I heard um, Neil Gaiman um, talk about his creative process. And then I didn't feel bad about writing any longer. Yeah. I felt because I feel like writing is very inefficient, but I didn't realize the therapeutic uh, side of actually putting a pen to paper. I used to write all of my raps on pen and paper and I started typing and because of my brain, my hands can work faster than yeah. when I'm trying to write. So that's why I do it. Yeah. I, there's something old school about. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I do too. Um, but uh, yeah, but as you're saying, no, that's that's fantastic. That the jujitsu is the least important part of jujitsu. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think that that is probably, man, that that's also that's a mistake that probably people make um, by not realizing that. But I don't know if you can realize that without living it. Yeah. Without and, getting and to that also, point. Also, my perspective's different because jujitsu gave me things that I didn't have as a kid: family, community. Oh, it's huge. You know, friend. I mean, obviously I had friends growing up, but it gave me 
different friend, different types of friends that I would have never had like you yeah. if I would have never trained who that we are in the, in the, in the, the, the mindset of fight club, we're all on level playing fields because it doesn't matter if you pick up trash and it doesn't matter if you're the CEO of Kellogg. When we're on that map, we're just, we're jujitsu fighters. Yeah. We're jujitsu athletes. And that's all we are. And then we get to learn each other in our essence. You get to feel like, you know, when I'm in my own head, Hey dude, get out of your head. You know, you know, that's a part of my personality now, right? You know, the aggressive people and you know, that's a part of their personality. We, we share with ourselves this vulnerability on the mats that, um, you don't really get to share with very many other people. And that is, one of those things where you are gaining from it and you are giving at the same time. Because uh, one thing I've always had a hard time with is if I have a neighbor that asks me, do, do you need my help? And I've always said no. And I read one, one somewhere that says the best way to get a bond with somebody is to ask them for help. Let, let your neighbor help you. And it's always been a very difficult thing for me. You have to do that in jujitsu. Yeah. You have no choice. Yeah. Yeah. So you're creating that bond of helping. Now I've gotten to the point where even if I don't need their help, I know that's going to create a good bond. It's still hard to do. Um, Very hard to do. Very hard for me to do. Like I don't need anyone's help, but jujitsu forces you to do that. And, um, we were, we were at a seminar one time. Uh, actually, you know, it was the one, it was the one in Georgia when everybody was talking about, I don't know how we got on the subject, but, um, somebody had said there that one of the best parts of jujitsu are the experiences that you create and the friends that you make. Yeah. And in my addition to that was the time with my children. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's, that's the, that, that's the huge part, but yeah, you're right. Jujitsu gives you all of these things yeah. that are so incredibly important. And I think the biggest mistake that people make is they don't know that right away. And if you knew what that would give you, you would never ever quit you wouldn't quit you wouldn't quit because that time with those people is incredibly invaluable um but i wish there was an answer an answer to keep people in the gym man it sucks seeing people quit yeah it does it does there's just so many different reasons why i guess yeah Uh, yeah there are there are and ultimately at the end of the day you can't keep somebody there yeah you know you can do everything you can to help them having them avoid i think a lot of the mistakes that we're talking about right now but, um, you know, at the end of the day, you're not responsible for their actions, yeah. you know? Um, so I, I, one of the, talking about actions, one of the actions that people do, and this goes back to the YouTube thing that I think is just, um, can be enjoyable, but can be disastrous is trying to learn a thousand techniques. Yeah. You know, what's that, what's that saying? I'd rather know one tech, I'd rather do one technique 10,000 times yeah. than know 10,000 techniques yeah. I've only done once. Yeah. Um, did you fall into that when you were first starting? Maybe a little bit, but I think for me it helped because I had a, my brother who was there to guide me, you know, he had been training for almost a year at that point. He was a fresh blue belt, you know? So mm-hmm. he, he kind of, you know, he put me on the right track. So I really didn't try and learn everything at once. It's so hard cause it's addicting. Yeah. Yeah. It's an addiction. To want to learn like all these different, I mean, it's just like, it's like learning all these special moves while you're playing like Mortal Kombat, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I can do this. And my character can do that. And instead of just getting good at the bread and butter. Yeah. But man, it's hard. I know. I, I taught a private lesson to this guy one time and he's, uh, 
good white belt, but you know, I always ask, well, what do you want to work on? That way I can kind of come up with a plan or whatever. Right. And, but you know, I get there and dude, it was just like literally for an hour. I would, I probably showed him 20 techniques and he's paying me. So it's like, what am I going to say? No. Right. But at the end of it, I'm like, dude, he didn't learn anything, but you know, yeah, I guess that's kind of my fault, but yeah, I, I think that's a whole nother, um, subject, but it's the biggest mistakes I've made in my whole coaching career in any aspect. And I think that the, when you're so passionate about something that you're teaching, you want to show everything and that's the best way to teach somebody nothing. And, um, I've made two big mistakes uh, in my coaching career. One of them is feeling that if you didn't do the technique, the way I liked it shown, like if you didn't look nook moy, like, uh, um, like you didn't look like it was authentic Muay Thai, I would try to change your style. Um, and luckily I think I changed that. So I didn't ruin too many people, too many people's experience. I, I, I did catch it enough in time where I think some of the top people that I did work with, I didn't make that mistake with them. Um, that if it didn't look authentic, you weren't representing the art, right? And that's, that's far from the truth. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing is over teaching, you know, following doing this exact thing, trying to show a thousand moves and because there is just so much that you can show because you're so passionate about yeah. it. And on the flip side, when you're learning, you can be so excited about jujitsu and just so like intoxicated by it that you do try to learn, oh, this loop choke and this cross collar choke and this, and how do I transition? And, this, and it's just, you do a bunch of shit and what do you apply? Zero. You know, um, we have this, I have this teaching thing with my kids where I, I tell them, you know, you do. And this isn't from me. This is from somebody else. But, you know, the 10,000 hours of mastery or the 10,000 reps of mastery. So if you want to do an arm bar, you do it 333. And again, this is not from me. This is actually from uh, Andrew um, uh, Wiltsey. He says he does a he does a technique 333 times a day. So at the end of the month, he has that one technique down because at the end of the month, that's roughly 10,000 reps. And that's not bullshit. He actually does that. Yeah. He's also a world champion, right? At every single belt except for black because yeah. he just got his black belt. Yeah. But it, it, whether now they don't do three, their goal is a hundred a day. So, um, you know, and it's, it's, I should show you video. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the point being, I'd rather have that one move down and learn all the intricacies of it yeah. than a bunch of moves um, that I can't even I can't even teach to somebody. I just saw it and I kind of recognize it. Um, but that's hard because you both from a teaching perspective and from a learning perspective, because we're passionate and the, the beautiful thing about jujitsu is the moves. But like you said, it's probably the least important. Yeah. So we've come full circle with that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, it, it, so jujitsu, and then don't focus. Holy crap, dude! We fo- we hit all the major nice. biggest mistakes. Students, well, I doubt we hit all of them, but of, uh, of our quick brain yeah. brainstorm. So, um, but yeah, that that's so. I hope anybody that's listening, uh, you know, has some takeaways from that and can really help them out. Yeah, and I guess another thing to say is, if you re- if you're a lower belt, reach out to a higher belt if you're struggling with something, whether it be a position or feeling like you're going to quit, reach out to an upper belt, reach out to someone yeah. you trust too, or not necessarily trust. That's the wrong word. Uh, I don't know what the right word is, but find the person that 
um, God, I don't know what the right word. Well, you've had people reach out to you, right? Yeah. Well, you've had people reach out to you to say thank you. Am I right in saying that? Thanks. You've been a real role model. Yeah. Yada yada yada. Yeah. It's that's almost like a thank you for keeping me going. Yeah, yeah. Have you had anybody ever reach out to you thinking that they were going to quit? Um. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And well, how do you? What's your usually your response to? It's hard. I don't know. I. Um. What's what's the main reason? I guess you, I just ask why first. Yeah. You know, what 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 do you what's going on? What is leading you to wanting to quit? You know, my I, and it's always people just feeling they're not good enough. That's the that's it right there. Yeah. The people that come forward that that is the most common frustration. Now I haven't had people. Well, I'm about I'm going to quit next week, but I have had that look, that defeated, that just 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 crushed look. And it's like, well, what's going on? I'm just not getting better. And I, good, (laughs) good, good. You feel that way because everyone around you is improving. And that's a part of that, you know, that uncomfortable position that you're just going to have to, you just have to work through it and realize that's 100% normal. And, um, I don't know. Did you ever feel that way? Did you, cause I, I, no. I've never felt like I want, I mean, there are times I've always felt not good enough. Yeah. I felt it, like I've needed I'm, to be demoted. Yeah. I mean, there like, there was probably at least a year or two as a blue belt and even purple belt where I felt like I was not getting better, but then you just get through that shit and you're like, wait, I know all these things now, mm-hmm. even though I wasn't able to use them while rolling when I was a purple belt. They work now. Yeah. They didn't work for a year, but it works now. You know, I don't know. It's, I wish there was, you could, uh, just show them what a year from now or whatever, you know, show them the future. Right. 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 It always gets better. I've never met a brown belt who still rolls like a white belt. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And you do go through your ups and downs and that's a part of it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but that that's that's actually a pretty proper. You're saying all kinds of prolific no stuff way, today, dude. man. That's good stuff. I'm just a, a, a rapper. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I remember when I first got my purple belt and I went to my first tournament. And to be honest, so I had two two events that I went to. One I double gold at and the other one I took a gold and a silver. And because my memory is so fucked up, I can't remember which one was which one. But I was on top of the world. I'm like, dude, I just got a purple. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm killing motherfuckers out there. And then like, I had a horrific run. Yeah. I went back to old Joe Spinell. And yeah, at that point, I was like, I'm getting worse. <laughs> I'm actually getting worse. Yeah. But you, you're not. Well, yeah, kind of the, you said it earlier. It's like, if your teammates are getting better, if you notice your teammates are get, getting better and you think you're not, you're wrong. Right. Chances are, if your teammates are getting better, you're getting better too. Yeah. You know, you just can't see it. Yeah. And how do you gauge it? You certainly don't gauge it by comparing yourselves to them. Yeah. Or maybe be okay with that. Maybe you're not getting better and your teammates are. Maybe that's what's supposed to happen for this period of time. Yeah. Because there is a certain, there is a certain level of improvement that is, it's exponentially higher than other levels. Like, like at the beginning, yeah, yeah, yeah. You take a white belt to a blue belt. Their and their improvement is. Do you think that's the steepest part of the curve of improvement from white to blue? For most people, I I well, I mean I've never given it much thought, but I'm thinking it is. Yeah, I mean, 
but yeah, I'm, that's the biggest struggle when people get their blue belt. You know, they're a year into their blue belt, they kind of feel stagnant because you're not going to. You're, you're, the growth uh, you're is right because that's where people drop off, and yeah. I think that's where the term blue belt blues might yeah, come it's from because the growth slows down. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think I think that's true. Yeah. I mean, again, I haven't given a ton of thought about it, but certainly the two times that scare me the most is right after somebody gets their blue belt and after their first tournament, win or lose. Really? Win or lose. Because, man, after that first tournament... They win gold and they're like, "Mm, I learned jujitsu. I'm done. (laughs) I don't know. It's almost like I don't think they realize the there is a certain... I don't know if you've ever experienced this or not, but we always make sure that we have something planned after a tournament. Because... The lit down after a tournament, mm-hmm. win or lo- well, losing, it's just I don't care what anybody says. This shit sucks. Well, but it, but to be fair, winning sucks too because it's only cool for eight hours. Or you that's know, what I you mean. Wake up the next morning and you're like, oh fuck, I still make pizzas at, at this pizza place. <laughs> I still owe money on this credit card. Yeah, it's so a, losing almost sometimes you're like, eh. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. It just sometimes is a long ride home. Yeah, but. I, uh, <laughs> Um, but we always try to, I, I commonly will say to my oldest right before he goes out, I usually, because he, we don't do this as much anymore, but he'd get this really tense look and I just say to him, I go, Hey man, where are we going to go eat afterwards? He's yeah. like, what? I'm like, we're, I'm hungry, dude. Where, where are we going to go eat? Cause for my family, that's a big, we love eating out. Yeah. That's actually an activity for us. Yeah. Um, and we, it's fun. I and mean, food is just something we all love in this family. Yeah. And, uh, and I actually got that from, I think his name was Bill Cower. It was in the, the playoffs and he, um, Rothenberger, I think was his quarterback. And it was a real tense moment. It was like, we make this play and we make it to the Super Bowl. We don't, and we're out. And he just turned to him and you can see we- he was laughing. I don't know if he asked him, where are we going to go eat? But he told him a joke or he said something. And so I try to always have something after the event, whether that is a UFC that we're going to watch at my house, whether that is a dinner out somewhere, or whether it's maybe going going on vacation somewhere. It's like we have something to look forward to afterwards. Mine is always food, for sure, even though I don't compete a lot. But I'm always like, what are we eating afterwards? Yeah, absolutely. That's what we did at Pan's. Uh, Funny story about that, which, you know, that's pretty common. Jiu-Jitsu is like, we're going to compete, and then we're going to eat this nasty meal afterwards. (laughs) My brother was at either Pan's or World's one year. And, uh, you know, AJ Ag... What's his name? AJ Agazon. <laughs> he he came. I know this story. Oh, you do? I know this story. Yeah, AJ. He's a, does he have something mentally wrong with him? Oh, I don't know. Like he's a character. I've heard he's nice, like really cool. Though. I have too, but I heard he just pulls some really weird things sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah he, I, he I heard he's a really cool guy. But yeah, he, he just does some weird he shit. Went into In and Out Burger, full gi, belt still on, metal on his neck. <laughs> so funny, dude! I would never do that. Shout out to In and Out. Oh uh, well, I take that back. The medal around the neck, probably, but I wouldn't keep my. Gear. Yeah, I, I don't even like wearing my medal at the tournament. I don't. I, I put it on for a second. I usually take it. Off. I can't walk around with it on. I just. Yeah, I don't know. I it's something weird. I think it all depends on how you like. How you got it? You submitted five people and you won gold. That's never happened. I'm saying if it did. I usually have five people in my bracket. Yeah, I guess it just depends on. On how many people time, you had? Yeah. I, I fought in a two-man division. 
uh, lost, got my ass kicked, and I still wore my silver medal for like the, the whole night. <laughs> I was so happy. I was like, I got a medal, dude. I don't care. It was my second tournament after breaking my arm. Okay. I think that's why I was like, man, yeah, I got a medal. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to the hospital, so. Yeah, that's that's always a really yeah. You don't you don't want the post event to be going to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. that sucks. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey man, um, it is getting to yeah. about over an hour. It's, it's about three o'clock. I know you gotta hang out with your wife. Yeah. So, um, but I I totally appreciate you coming on and talking and and if people for as far as uh, Moonhead goes, where can people go? Uh, I guess either on Facebook or Instagram. I think most of our stuff is Moonhead Music is what it's... Or just go to my personal Facebook. I'm always posting. Okay. Yeah. Support a 30-year-old's rap dreams, please. Definitely. And uh, yeah, man. So we'll have to do this again soon. For sure. Okay. Hopefully my, bro- my brother hasn't done one yet. Has no, he? man. Yeah. But he's also like kind of... Yeah. He's quarantined right now. <laughs> no, we'd love to have monks. You know, I... He, he has a pretty unique experience yeah. as far as that. I would guess his expectations at some point were, were, were actually 100%. were to win a world championship. Yeah, and uh, his level of dedication at the beginning of his journey was pretty intense. Unhealthy. Yeah. So unhe- He had a very unhealthy relationship with jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And so I'd like to explore that a little bit with him and, you know, um, and really talk about that a little bit. I'm, yeah. I'm super interested in it. And I've never taken the time. We've talked a little bit about him living in the gym for a while yeah. and, and kind of where he started. Uh, but I would like to know his, how his approach was for studying jujitsu. Yeah. yeah Cause he, he's, me. he's kind of a, I would say he's on the scholar level. He was the biggest nerd jujitsu nerd I've ever yeah. seen. dude. Yeah. And that, that, that's, that's interesting. I want to, I kind of want to know about his, his journey with that. So, um, we'll definitely have to have him on. Um, it'd be cool for both of you on at that time. Yeah, for sure. So, hey, man, thanks again. Thank and um, everyone, thanks for listening. Thanks for all the feedback. You can always get us at olddogbjj.com. Um, and then, of course, um, you know we'll be posting us on Facebook. We are found both on iTunes and Spotify. And until then, keep training. Download the bots and delete statues No handcuffs or handguns, no hostage or ransom Shot from a cannon and land on a planet at random You're stranded, alone, abandoned, dethroned You're damaged, you're raised to eat those plank We campus. want peace, but first we assassinate Pillage, parades, massacre, matinees We want peace, annihilate those that violate Felonious mind states, ammonium nitrate <clears throat> I'm late, grab me a plate Orders and steak, four words the way Save room for cake, detonate, yeah we drop bombs, sedate and devastate, take the toupee off the head of state, burn sage and levitate.